I would say, I mean, the Baltimore series was embarrassing for us. Um, I, I, I think they just straight up outplayed us, and I think everyone took that kind of personal. And then we just came into here and said, obviously, everyone knew our struggles versus Boston, but uh, it was more so just like, listen, we're gonna get the job done. Like, we're not gonna play like this, obviously. So yeah, we came in and really focused for this series, and we did our job. So um, we got we to do the same thing in Cleveland. Yeah, not only did uh, Chris Bassett and the guys who've been around here all year do their job in that sweep in the Boston Red Sox, Kevin Barker, certain David Schneider uh, made his, left his imprint on the Blue Jays right away. Uh, David Schneider called up from AAA. Let's face it, the best trade deadline acquisition that anybody in the American League has made. I'm just kidding, but pretty good. Uh was four for five on Sunday with a home run, four RBI, and a hit by pitch. He's nine for 13 over three games. Third player in MLB history to record at least nine hits through his first three big league games. Uh, Napla Juan, my favorite, Coker, uh, Coker triplet for uh, the other two. And he's the only player ever with at least nine hits and two home runs over that span. So we have a lot to talk about ahead of the Jays and Guardians tonight. But, Kevin, let's spend a fair amount of time talking about what you saw from Davis Schneider called up from triple a guy, what 27th, 28th round pick. I mean, really after 20, it doesn't matter. Made stops <laughs> along the way, impressed the people he had to impress and putting up really good numbers at triple a, one of the best hitters at triple a this year. He's, he's called up and today he finds himself in the leadoff spot against the Cleveland Guardians. So, you know, is it supposed to be that easy? No, it's not that easy. Uh, look, look I, I think everything you've heard about him is what we saw. It's simple. He doesn't overthink it. He looks fastball. Uh, he is, I, you have noticed he is, you know, small in stature, which allows his eyes to be a little closer to the strike zone. I say that a lot of times. It's easier for you to control the plate when your eyes are a little closer to the strike zone, that makes it a little easier. He is that, right? And he can turn on velocity, which is a big deal. You can tell he has tremendous leverage. Uh, that little toe-tap thing when he's eliminated the leg kick is a big deal. That simplifies it enough to, for you to get in an athletic position to be able to hit velocity. If you're a young person trying to learn how to hit, the very first thing you want to learn how to do is how do you catch up to velocity? How do you make contact out in front of the plate for the ball to be able to go where you want it to go? And that little short lower half thing that he does is really, really good. It's simple. It's repeatable. Allows him to be able to manipulate the barrel, do whatever he wants it to do depending on where the pitch is at, and that's a big deal. He stands close enough to the plate to where, you know, he can eliminate one side of the plate. He's more of a, for me anyway, from the little small time I've seen, right center to left field line. If I'm if I'm a little early, I'm going to yank that down the left field line. If I'm a little late, it's right center. It ain't right field line. I ain't a line-to-line guy. Don't try and be that. That's where I'm standing on the plate with purpose. There's a reason why he stands where he stands. And I think some one of the things, too, that not a lot of people are talking about is his trigger. And I've talked to you this, to you this before mm-hmm. about Vladdy, the way he gets very stationary. Pitcher standing to get his sign, he'll stand there and he'll get. This is Vladdy. He'll stand statuesque 
and wait for the guy to make his move. What happens to your body is it's playing catch-up in some form, whatever that would be, whether that's his gather, his hands are moving lower than they were last year. This is Vladdy. And now you're seeing Davis with that little – he has – sort of I can't do this because I'm not standing and not have a bat. But you can picture what he did right before the pitcher goes into whatever he starts to it's do. a little – Trying to give himself rhythm and timing, yeah. and that's his trigger, right? He doesn't want to stand there to get statuesque, which allows him to have something going back with some fluidity and something going forward when you make your positive move towards the target. It's real simple, right? It's, And that's sort of what we've heard about him since we've heard about him, which hasn't been done. Let's be honest. We Kevin, haven't heard a lot about him, but right. what we have heard sort of equates to what we're seeing now at the big league level. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's be clear. He's been putting up some decent numbers at AAA, but Nathan Lucas put up decent numbers at AAA last year. You do see that with guys. And I think there's a natural tendency to kind of, I mean, with all due respect to guys, you go, okay, that's great. Triple-A numbers, those are wonderful. Can you do it in the majors? But, Kevin, it wasn't just Davis Schneider this weekend. Now, the Jays had scored 44 runs and had 25 hits in the three-game sweep of the Boston Red Sox, a team that was 7-0 against them this year. Still can't hit with runners in scoring position for for the most part. They had some issues with that. But we noticed something. I mean, I'm looking at these numbers. George Springer, right? George Springer, since snapping that 0 for 35 hitless streak, he's gone 8 for 17 with three doubles, three RBI, uh, and four walks, right? Matt Chapman showing a little bit of life. Kevin Kiermaier, a little bit of life. Brandon Belt, a little bit of life. Do you think, you know, we just heard Chris Bassett talk about the Orioles series embarrassing the Blue Jays. And after that series, uh, we also heard Kevin Gossman kind of talk about how he was impressed with the way the Orioles, one through nine in the order, were able to maintain a consistent approach against the Blue Jays. And he didn't have to be a rocket scientist to read between the lines that essentially what he was saying was, be great if our guys did the same thing. So has there been a change, whatever brought it on, has there been a change? Was there a change between that embarrassment against the Baltimore Orioles and that three-game sweep of a team, a team that's taken the Jays out to the woodshed for the entire season? 12 for 26 in their last two games, the runners in scoring position. They had six two-out RBIs in yesterday's game. Matt Chapman had three of those. Absolutely, there's a different mindset, and you can see it, right? Yeah, three strikes. We've, I've talked about this all year. The pitching is too good for you to think that you're the only guy in the league that can hit that dude's best secondary pitch when it matters the most. He's throwing that thing for a reason. Like, for them to go up there and think that they're the only team that can do that, now, it's not the entire team. It's certain guys, but most of those certain guys are the dudes that matter. Right. You need to get the big hit, right? The Chapmans and the George Springers and Vladimir Guerrero Juniors who chase way too much early in counts with a dude on second has a non-competitive bat. It's absolutely. We had John on Friday. You could hear it in his voice. They'd had enough. Like it was, for whatever reason, whoever's finger you want to point at to blame for that, Absolutely. It just seems like that the embarrassment at home. Now, you could say, I guess, better late than never, <laughs> that this sort of has, you know, it's four months in here. Why didn't you bring Davis Schneider up like a month ago? 
Well, I think it's more the consistent nine yeah. guys having yes. the same approach. Now, David Schneider is a nice story, and he's added to what they're trying to do. Well, he's been an example, essentially, of what the Jays would like their hitters to do. Is he not? Well, to get nine hits. Yeah, I mean, that's a, no, but that, I mean, his approach. I'm not talking about the results. Be it tough out. Like yeah. the name on the back of your jersey's pretty good. Like you got a pretty you got a pretty good lineup that should not be having the at bats when these at bats matter the most. The way they're looking, the optics of it just didn't work out. So absolutely right. It, it's it's sort of that think line drive. Be ready to hit the fastball. Can because you have three strikes. Why would that be hard for one through nine? And I think the last three days. Now, let's not lie about it. The Boston Red Sox pitching wise not very good. Like they they started. Uh, Brian, we, we Brian should, Bellow we should. is the only guy that can add and subtract and locate with two strikes. They did not do a good job of that. But give the lineup credit for the Blue Jays when they missed with a secondary pitch. They threw the right pitches at the right time. They just didn't execute them. And when they didn't, the Blue Jays made them pay for it. Yeah, we should mention that the Red Sox did run out a couple of openers uh, in that in that series, which is not to take anything not to take anything away from the Blue Jays because, as we've talked about, quite often when a team runs out an opener and starts bringing guys in from the bullpen, you know, you're faced with lefties, righties, different arm angles and all that. You don't really get to see the same guy uh, two times two times through the order. Mm. But all that aside, um, I wonder, Kevin, if starting your career or making your MLB debut at Fenway Park with the Green Monster, would that do anything to help Davis Schneider? You know, the, just the kind of the cozy confines of it? Maybe. I... I, I, I mean, the dude did hit. The dude, the dude, did, the dude did hit a couple. Of, he yeah, hit a home run that would have left the park if it hadn't hit the national car rental sign. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't. I'm I just think, wondering. I, I think if you can hit, you can hit. I mean, you All can right. put a dude in, a, in Yellowstone. If he can hit, he can hit. Like, it's not. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I know it helped me when I played there. Like, well, you, look, you look over at that little short porch and left, and you're thinking, I don't even have to hit it hard. Create a little backspin, be tardy. I can get away with a bad swing. He, because he's right-handed, is just the opposite of that. That's true. To get the head out, your swing has to be almost on point to be able to do that. And that's what I talked about is trigger and the rhythm and the timing of that trigger and being able to keep a fluid motion so before the positive move, like everything is not not stale and he can catch up to velocity and it helps him lay off a breaking ball. Like there's points, reasons why every single thing that he does is on point. So, yeah, I mean, let's – not forgetting, we haven't talked about this. Alec Manoa in game one I was sort get of a, set the tone I was gonna get with around, all of this I was going to get around to the pitching. 28, uh, what was it, 23 of 27 first pitch strikes for Alec Manoa. I, it was not going to gloss that over. 13 whiffs. He had 30 called strikes and whiffs, seven called strikes in the slider, six in the four-seamer, four in the sinker. He, he, looked, he, he, he looked like Alec Manoa. What's that supposed to look like? He was finishing his pitches. He was coming off the mound comfortably. He had that little kind of after he struck somebody out, just kind of turning around and rolling the shoulders and going back to the mound. I just thought he looked really good. And he got guys out, admittedly, admittedly, not the toughest outs in the order, but he used a slider to put guys away. Yeah, the people which I, I needed to see. The people that I've talked to say he's in better shape. I mean, let's let's not uh, let's not gloss that. Like it wasn't that way early in the season. Now it is. 
everything that he can do with his lower half, he can do it. <laughs> that that for me is what I what you have noticed. It's repeatable. He's sitting in his lower half. It's over and over again. It's not one time and then he can't find it again because, quite frankly, the conditioning's just not there. It's better. The people I've talked to say he's working his butt off to try and get where he should be to help his team down the stretch. It's showing. The slider has later break to it. He can backdoor it. He can backfoot it. Uh, the velocity's up on the fastball, which for me is a giant deal. You need the gear. You need to be able to have it and go to it. And because of the reasons with the mechanics and the conditioning and the arm speed, yeah. I mean, look, every once in a while you you go off the tracks and you got to fight and claw to get back on the tracks. And it just seems to me like everything he's doing off the field, all of a sudden is starting to translate. And if he can get it going and be, I don't want to say the Alec Manoa that we saw a couple of years ago, but something similar to where it's just the attitude and the and the vinegar and, you know, I don't like you and I'm going to make good pitches and the sinker's moving into the righty and I can backdoor that slider and I'm going to get you out and there's nothing you can do about it. If he can get there, this team's going to be tough. We mentioned the Jays will start a four-game series against the Cleveland Guardians tonight. Got uh, We mentioned the lineup news. Davis Schneider is leading off in left field. Brandon Belt's hitting second. Vladdy is at... First base hitting third, George Springer in right field. Danny Jansen behind the plate, so he's back after that forearm uh, contusion, I guess you could call it. Uh, Matt Chapman is at third base. Dalton Varsho's in center. Kevin Kiermaier took eight stitches on, stitches on the elbow yesterday. He's apparently fine. Kevin Biggio's at second base. Paul DeYoung is a shortstop, and Hyunjin Ryu uh, is starting for the Blue Jays. Now, you probably saw the knockout of Tim Anderson by Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland Guardians. Suspensions have come down for that fight. Tim Anderson has received a six-game suspension and an undisclosed fine for fighting. Jose Ramirez has received a three-game suspension and an undisclosed fine for fighting. Emmanuel Classe of the Guardians has received a one-game suspension and an undisclosed fine. Guardians third base coach Mike Sarbaugh has received a one-game suspension and an undisclosed fine. White Sox manager Pedro Griffal and Guardians manager Terry Francona have received a one-game suspension and an undisclosed fine. And in addition, White Sox pitcher Michael Kopech and Guardians outfielder Gabriel Arias have each received an undisclosed fine. Now, players can, of course, appeal their suspensions. There's two things players can do here. One, they can appeal the suspension and play that night, or two, they can just decide, you know what, I'm going to take the suspension. Typically what happens, best case scenario for a player, the commissioner's office is not going to overturn any suspension it gives up. It may drop the three-game suspension down to a two-game suspension. But, Kevin, I haven't seen the Guardians lineup yet. Uh, you said that Jose Ramirez is in the Guardians lineup tonight, in, and I guess that's easy enough. That would be easy enough for me to, right there. to check. There you go. So it's Quan Jimenez, Ramirez, Gonzalez, Calhoun, Arias, Rocchio, Straw, and Bo Naylor behind the plate. So again, I, I you know unless there's a late, a late scratch, uh, you know I'm just looking mm. who do, who do the Guardians have have uh, who do the Guardians have coming up? I mean a lot of times guys will look at the schedule and if it's uh, if they have a less less than important series coming up. 
They're the, four games under 500. Those, those elect, days are over for the I Guardians. guess, yeah. I guess. That's probably, of course, they are in they're the over. Central, though. They are in the Central. So mm-hmm. uh, after the Blue Jays, they've got the Tampa Bay Rays. So uh, I guess six of one, half dozen of the other. But again, yeah. uh, we'll let you know during the show if Jose Ramirez decides uh, I decides. To I don't appeal. like the three games. What's he supposed to do? To walk not, away when a dude throws his hands up? Yeah. Uh, they'll do that. You, well, you would do that? Uh, I'd if I depends if I don't want to get suspended I would yeah I mean obviously Anderson has been poking the bear for days and they don't like well, we that. don't know days well, it sounds sounds like that like it's, it's been days. more well, that's days it doesn't it's more it, than it, one day but that's why he got six games I mean I I don't know what you I don't know what Major League Baseball wants Ramirez to turn around and walk pe- away yeah they don't want people to fight I don't know what ah, you're getting on. upset about they don't want people to fight three, three games they don't want people to fight like. Uh, I didn't, Look, it's it's a little. It's you're a right. Little, they should have just let Ramirez well, it's a, go and say it's, it's a, okay because you, you were you were bullied. You were bullied by Tim Anderson, so you're okay. You don't need a suspension. I mean, it's it's dumb to talk about this. You fight, you get suspended in baseball. You just do. That's well, all there I mean, is to it. If if I mean, I don't have to them, like it. if both of them got yeah, but I mean, it's an, if both of them got three games, then he'd have a case. One dude got six games, the other guy got three games. That's normal. That's normal. You can you can yell at me all you want. I, I didn't say I don't like it. Like I don't. Well, you a grown man puts his hands up, wanting to, want to go, and you're just supposed to turn around. Well, no, I'm good. I don't want to be suspended for three be, games. Well, no, guess, I'm good. Well, I, like, I come on. Okay. Like, I well, don't, wanna, all I don't right. know what you want. All right. So he shouldn't get anything for it. Not, not in my mind. Okay. No. So all right. Suspended. I mean, uh, you maybe a, a fine or fan. something. You'd make a good hockey. No. Uh, we'll be joined by anytime, Tom Hamilton anytime of the, the Cleveland. Dude throws his hands up is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be joined if by it's Tom. That, yeah, that's different. We'll be joined by Tom Hamilton of the uh, Cleveland Guardians broadcaster later I don't on. Know. With his call, down goes Anderson, oh, which it's was great. terrific. It was a great call. Oh, it's like he practiced. It, it was, a great... and I know he did. <laughs> it was perfect. Uh, Caleb Joseph is going to join us in a few minutes as well as we get you set for four games against. The Guardians. I want to go back to the Red Sox series. Jays won 13 1 yesterday. No Vladdy, given the day off. Bo Bichette still in the IL. Um, they won 5 4, second game. Thanks you could to, argue they may not, they, they probably shouldn't have won. should have won that, but Reese McGuire with some creative base running. Uh, That's a tremendous way to put it. And uh, they won seven. They won seven three. Do you read anything into the fact that the that just not having Vladdy and Bull in the lineup that they can put that together? Is that just Red Sox? Is that just Red Sox pitching? Schneider hit third, by the way, in that game. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, it's combination of you have really good starting pitching. Your bullpen went seven and two thirds with one walk and one earned run in mm. the three games. Like that, it's. I, I, maybe we should apologize to the bullpen. I mean, I was a little hard on it. I was saying, was it good enough to make the playoffs? Is it good enough to to win a World Series? Man, it sure looks like it. Like the way they add and subtract, they can strike a guy out when they need it. Well, and, and let's they're, be they're, clear. They're, they're, the coaches are, are, for the most part, are lining the pockets up the right way, and now they have weapons to go to late in games, and they're getting weapons back in Green, Romano, and, and Richards. I mean, that's... This is a team... That's doing something. This is a team that doesn't have Trevor Richards because of a neck issue, and it doesn't have its closer, Jordan Romano. But they're coming back soon. And they, uh, they're they coming back soon. We're led to believe Chad Green's there as well uh, on the way back, although quite 
frankly, if you talk to people in the organization, the velocity is not quite what they'd like to see from Chad Green. I think the plan is they want to give him back-to-back outings at AAA before they make that decision. I mean, he'll be up here at some point. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to come in here now and be an eighth-inning guy because, quite frankly, he doesn't need to come in here and be an eighth-inning guy. Not with Hicks here. Right? So I look at this bullpen right now, and, I mean, who, who are the odd men out here? Who are the odd men out here? I, it's, you know, Mason is not the odd nope. man out. You know, Romano's going to come back and be the closer Richards when he's Richards will be healthy. one of those guys. Richards will Hicks be back. Hicks will definitely be Hicks a guy. Hicks will be there. I mean, they're going to keep. Jimmy Garcia now gonna throwing keep, harder, confidence. It, they're going to keep Swanson around, but he's going to be like buried They'll down. They'll be careful with that. End. Yeah. Um, buried's a tough word. He's, I mean, he's helped them a lot. Jay Jackson, I guess you've got options left on, on Jay Jackson. There's some competition here. Is yeah. Point, I think there's some in season competition no question. for jobs. Uh, and I, I understand, listen, I get it. You don't lose the closers role because of injury on oh, Yenesis Cabrera. We forgot to mention he's there. How do you forget that? But man, I do like Jordan Hicks coming out late in the game. Well, he is late. I mean, he, even if he's not the closer, again, it gets back to that. The eighth inning, a lot of the times, you're rolling me to the order. I, that's that's sort of where you want the 102 with some movement. And, you know, he again, if he can occasionally steal a strike with the with the slider, I mean, he don't, he don't even have to a lot of the times occasionally do that. Maybe it's more about keeping the two-seamer close to the strike zone. Later movement. With the two-seamer, we'll get dudes. That'll be tougher takes. They'll chase that. He'll get weak contact. He'll get quicker outs, which means he might be able to go more than an inning. So, yeah, they're going to have options here. Jordan Romano, for me, is their closer. Can that change? Absolutely. So that's what I said. It's competition. That's that's fun. I mean, they got a, their pitching is really good. I mean, it really is. Like, they're, for the most part, most of the time. Now, reuse the one guy. Be interesting to see how he handles the righties. That's the four-seamer in the cutter in. Because he doesn't have the little the little extra gear, right? 91-92 allows you to get away with a bad changeup. Or a, that little slow get-me-over-breaking ball that you might hang because you throw 91-92. That night, that's not there. So the location, the called strikes into righties, that's a big deal with the two fastballs. Sure. So that'll be something you look for. That'll be interesting if he doesn't... Say he has a stinker. What do you do with him? You're not putting him in the pen. That's not an option. No, I... mean, they got too many good dudes. I mean, right too now... Too many guys, and it's about winning. Yeah, right now... So what do you do with him? I mean, right now, it, it's, you know, the whole... the. I mean, it doesn't really become an issue until you have your off days, and then you start trying to figure out, okay, well, it'd be a stinker, and then his next turn, yeah, and his next turn. I I hate to say this, who cares? Well, I think they do. They care about him. Yeah, but I mean, part of this. But I mean, if he he, worked hard with the two dummies, yeah, that's great. But if he worked hard, but if he's sure, that's wonderful. But if he's not going to help you, you're not going to. You're not going to give him a uh, a turn in the rotation ahead of Alec Manoa or or no, no, Yusei Kikuchi because you feel you no, quote unquote owe him. Nobody one. said that, but they are trying to figure out what you might want to do with him. Like yeah. you, well, you know, you're not going to release him. You're not, but what are you going to do with him? Yeah, you're fine. It, it is amazing how often stuff presents itself. Kikuchi ends up going into the bullpen for one reason, then your 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 questions are answered. Um, and maybe you're taking Yusei Kikuchi and, and, out of the rotation, not me. I, I, again, you're just at, you, you asked me, <laughs> you just asked me what you would do with Ryu. And I'm saying that that. With the 49 games left, not in the playoffs. Ryu's not going to be on your roster yeah, in the playoffs. Well, of course. And that furthers my point 
really who cared. The only way it ha- he's going to be here is if somebody gets hurt. And or the only way he's going to be a factor is if somebody gets hurt. And that does happen down the stretch. It's, he's an insurance. You know what he is? He's an insurance policy on a $230 million payroll. That's all he is. That's all he is. Like, as you would tell me, don't overthink it. That's all he is. He's a free agent next year. No skin off your butt if he doesn't if he doesn't pitch in the last four weeks of the season. Well, it really is. Must be Monday. You got to. No, I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just getting any sleep last night. I'm just saying. You're you're like you uh, know you're worried about Hyunjin. I don't really care about Hyunjin Ryu. It's not a worry. I don't care. It's a respect thing. And and mm. there's the, the people that I've talked to. That there's something to that. You got that's all. Not not whatever. saying then, not saying they have they've they've shown you they will do it whatever is, it takes to win games. It is entirely possible that he will pitch himself out of the equation and then the point becomes moot. Or somebody gets hurt and you've got to roll for him. But other than that, Hyunjin Ryu is just a guy right now. He's your sixth starter. And if you don't have an opportunity to use your sixth starter, that's why God invented the bullpen and bullpen sessions. We'll talk to Caleb Joseph, Blue Jays analyst and why are you looking at me like that? Well, it's like the three-game suspension. It's like, no, I just throw, I, your, throw your hands up. I, well, you're getting, I, a, you're I'll getting walk a, away. You're getting about se- uh, upset <laughs> about obvious stuff. <laughs> I'll walk away. I mean, I'll, yeah, and then I'll get laughed at for walking away. I'd rather take the three-game suspension. Uh, How's that? All right. Well, that's fine. I, you made your choice. You made your choice. Maybe it'll be two. No, whatever. Anyhow, Caleb Joseph joins us next. It's Blair and Barker. It's kind of a and Tankerous Monday. You're chapped. I'm not Monday. chapped. I'm not chapped. Oh, yes, you are. I'm not chapped. Just because it's a long weekend. <laughs> not chapped. Could be stuck in traffic coming back from a lake someplace. If you are, drive safely. If you're still at the lake, thanks for listening. Just saying. Drive back tomorrow. It's Blair and Barker. <laughs> Sportsnet 590, the fan at Sportsnet. Seven ten will be the first pitch tonight as the Blue Jays open a four-game series against the Cleveland Guardians. Yunjin Ryu on the mound for the Blue Jays. And who's on the mound for... Gavin Williams. Gavin Williams six is on the foot mound six. for the Guardians. Fastball slider. What could go wrong? Tom Guardian is the... Tom Guardian. Tom Hamilton is the <laughs> Guardians radio announcer. You might as well call him Tom Guardian. He'll join us at six o'clock to look at the Indians. Take a look back at Guardians. That. Take a look back at that fight. Look at the Guardians. Look at the Guardian. Look, there you go. Well, look, you said Indians. Did I? Whatever. Not the, Same thing. Not, <laughs> Guardians uh, radio announcer. It is Monday. We'll revisit. <laughs> just be quiet. We'll revisit the uh, the the down goes Anderson call. Oh, it's great. Of the uh, Jose Ramirez Tim Get Anderson up, fight. Kid. Kevin Barker thinks Jose Ramirez shouldn't should not have received self defense. Absolutely, put them hands up, dude. What? Barker doesn't think doesn't think that Jose Ramirez should get anything for knocking a guy out. Absolutely, yeah, that's that's exactly. You started. I'm getting into. You better not get straight legged. If you start, that's what's that's exactly what happened. Bringing Caleb Joseph, (laughs) Sportsnet Blue Jays analyst. How you doing, Caleb? Uh, would not want to get into a fist fight with Barker. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, I'm God. all talk. 
You put your I, I, The more I spend time with him, the you, more I'm beginning to realize. You, he, I was a he, great he must, teammate. He must I was have a been great a handful. teammate. You, you must have been a pain in the rear. Caleb, when you put your hands up like that, it's a di- it's a different game then. It's one thing. It's one thing to yell and scream at somebody, Caleb. If you, but when you drop glove and put your hands up, it's self defense. Then, yeah, I thought I was watching an NHL, uh, an NHL square off. I, it was awesome. Yeah, I loved it. I me mean, too. dropped the gloves, took his helmet off. It was like, let's do this. I think MLB should institute this. That once a game, one guy should be able to pick another guy and just square up. And if they don't, then we know who the sissy is. Jeff. Yeah, I'm just going to move on from this discussion. I, I like, I get it. I get the, I get no, the whole macho no, thing. No, you but don't. My only, it's like Barker's arguing about a dude getting suspended yeah, for like being it. in a fight. It's like, not an argument. On. I just don't like it. Oh well, it's anyhow, Caleb. Uh, what are you expecting from Hyunjin Ryu tonight? Or what? Let me rephrase that. What do you need to see oh. from Hyunjin Ryu tonight that would represent a step forward after his last start? Yeah, I thought the last start was uh, was okay. Obviously, started off not very good. I think like the first four or five guys hit balls over 195 miles an hour, and I was really not excited about the way it was going to finish out. But I thought he got back on the horse. I thought the way that he used that curveball was really, really good. And you're starting to use that separation, getting that thing down into the 68, 69s, low 70s, then you can start to see that fastball start to play up. If the fastball's at 90, I think he's okay. Um, If it's not at 90, I think he's going to have to really use that slow breaker to slow them down. And the changeup's going to be a good pitch for him. Obviously, that's kind of his bread and butter. I would love to see him kind of whack that cutter until he really feels good. Maybe, like, save that for the first third time around through the order, if he potentially gets there, or when he's really in a jam, maybe second time. I feel like when guys come back on a rehab type uh, year-long rehab, the last pitch to come is like a cut fastball. And so I'd love to see him stick fastball, change-up, curveball with a lot more heavy curveball usage uh, and then establish that four-seam in. But I thought his last two or three starts, he really kind of locked it in there. And I, I thought he looked way better in the last uh, last two or three innings. Okay, I they're, they were 12 for 26 their last two games with runners in scoring position. Uh, I don't even know how to ask this because I, I don't think I've asked you all year. How did they do that? Yeah. Uh, I think if anybody had the true answer, they would be selling it to Guillermo Martinez, Dave Hudgens, and a Hunter Mintz uh, for a King's ransom, right? Um, I, I don't know. I really, to me, it looked like You'd probably they were have more to send a message on the iPad for any of them to get Ooh. it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one, one guy that's probably not uh, neck deep into the iPad is, uh, is David Schneider. Like, that? I don't know about you, but I, I didn't see him digging his nose in there. That guy has a very clear game plan. He's up there hunting the heater and he's adjusting to everything else. And yes, I know Kevin Barker, you talk about this all the time. Go up there, sit all number one and mm-hmm. react to the hang and breaking ball. And it really is amazing when you sit on the fastball, how many really good breaking balls you're going to naturally take because those really good breaking balls are coming out of a slightly lower slot than the fastball middle, middle that you're going to want to sit. And for me, it just looked like they were more aggressive uh, they were swinging earlier in the count with a little bit more authority. Didn't look like they were as passive, I guess, as they have in the past. 
And I saw quite a few guys early release, like a Brandon Belt was early release, and even Kiermaier. We know he likes to go left on left mm-hmm. early. Um, but, I mean, the very first for the very first game, you, you had uh, Whit Merrifield hit a first pitch home run, and then George almost hit the, the second pitch of the game into left center field. So I felt like their aggressiveness was – was noticeable, but I think a lot of it might have to do with uh, with the goggles and the mustache guy. Yeah, who? Uh, why did it take four months for them to figure out that it is as simple because you're facing high octane velocity to actually, if you want to hit it, look for it. Like I, I, that's the one part that I don't understand. They are way better hitters than I am. Like the, let's be honest. Like I'm not. I wasn't a great hitter. I was a smart enough guy that, to know I don't like breaking ball. I ain't gonna look for it. Nobody else can hit that dude's breaking ball. Why do I think I can't? I just uh, that's the one thing because we have been yelling and screaming about this lineup should, needs to catch up to the pitching and if they do, how good they can be. And we've seen the last two days. Uh, if they if they somewhat have a decent approach, one through nine, don't have to be a great one. Depends a lot on that, uh, that guy standing on the mound and if he can execute a two-strike pitch and those kind of things. They don't have to be great at it. Just be consistent at it. Why is it taking four months, Caleb? Explain that to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a great question. For, for me, a lot of it's paralysis by analysis. Sometimes you can have so much information mm-hmm. and – you try and get so smart with that information that sometimes you lose sight of what your strength is. And if you look up and down that lineup, when George is going well, he's blistering a fastball. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Merrifield. Vladdy, we showed the numbers on Blue Jays Central. When Vladdy is on high-velocity fastballs, he's raking. I go back to 2021. Everybody asked me, what's wrong with Vladdy? What's wrong with Vladdy? But the one thing that I can sort of point to is 2021, fastballs over 95 Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit almost 400. Mm. I mean, that is unbelievable. And you just let some of those good breaking balls go because you're committed to hitting the fastball. And there are teams that you play against as a big leaguer that you know this team is good on the fastball, and they're going to be good one through nine. You have other teams that are good on the outer half, and you're going to have to work them on the inner half. Vice versa, you have certain team approaches I absolutely loved what they did in Boston. It just felt like there was a team approach. It felt like more guys were hunting the heater. And I feel like when you go up, look at Chapman too. Chapman, early when he was a player of the month, he was ripping the heater. If you can stay on the heater and get on the heater, you force guys to throw breaking balls. And yes, are they throwing more breaking balls than ever in the big leagues? Absolutely. But most of them are chase breaking balls. They're chase breaking balls. So when you're sitting heater and they do throw that really good strike, strike, strike to ball breaking ball, you're 1-0. And now you make them possibly throw that get me over. And if you're sitting fastball and you're ready to hit it, it's going to come out of that same slot of that fastball, that hanging breaking ball. And then you're going to release. You heard David Schneider said it. He said, well, I was sitting hanger. I was sitting fastball and I just reacted to the hanging breaking ball. He did it twice in that series. And that's just the simplest form of, of a hitting approach you can have. I'm going to ask both you guys this question. I mean, we've seen people come up from the minor leagues, have a great weekend, yeah, and maybe even a great six or seven game stretch and then disappear or come back to earth. Now, I'm not going to say that David Schneider is going to go on and hit 400. Um, but what is there something about his swing? And again, I want to ask both you guys this. I'll start with Caleb. Is there something about his swing and his approach that suggests to you that that 
you know, he is going to be able to continue, not continue this run, but that if given a chance by John Schneider, he will be able to contribute to the lineup. Ooh. Yeah, the way that he did it for me in Boston was really impressive. He went big fly twice. He hit balls to left field. He hit balls to left center. He hit balls to center. He hit balls to right field. And he did it on all different pitches on both hands. That's when you start to go, okay, there, there might be some here. It's one thing if a guy is just getting off the end singles up the middle. You can tell he's kind of fooled, but he's getting a good result. This guy was hitting barrel after barrel after barrel. And we talked about it uh, on Blue Jays Central. Sometimes when you go up and you're just, you're not really consciously worrying about what could go wrong. You're just continuing what you've done well. In the minor leagues, that just can continue to translate. I like his swing. I feel like he's got the ability to take a fa- He took a fastball from Chris Martin, 95, uh, that was running in. And he had a good a la Boba Shet type swing. And he shot it into right field on a line. And was it, you know, was it 115 off the bat? No, but that is what Bo Bichette does. And that's how he stays alive on that pitch. I saw him do it with multiple pitches to multiple parts of the field. I like the path. I think it's on plane. I, I, I'm, I would, I'm not going to bet the farm that this guy's, you know, going to, going to do what he does, but I, I think he's got a chance to, to really continue to hit at this level. Yeah. I like that. I, I do too. Also like how simple the trigger is. There's a lot to when a guy walks to the plate, and you being a former catcher, you know this. When he steps to the batter's box, he looks like he knows how to hit. That's a big deal, right? And you see that little trigger he has where he digs in, and then he has some hand movement. And you mentioned the barrel, getting the barrel to the ball. you got to know where the barrel's at, right? You don't want to get it, stand there statuesque sometimes like Vladdy does, and then try and throw it, and then everything's playing catch-up, right? Your barrel, your feet, your hips, like everything's trying to find its way to velocity. He just looks to me like that trigger thing that he does where he wiggles the barrel and he's getting it up. The timing of that thing and how fluid it is just allows him to never be stale and be a have a really good positive move, which – and steals a little bit of that I know how to hit and don't be throwing one in here or I'm going to hit it. There's something to that for me. Yeah, he's got a little Dan Ugla. Do you see that a little bit, Barker, in terms of like the stature, just the snap at the end, uh, some bat speed there? Obviously, it's not going to look exactly like Ugla, a little bit different stance, but like he reminds me of a Dan Ugla type, but kind of a, a guy that can, that can thump it, and it's mainly to the pull side. And if you watch him, he's, he's slightly striding to open, but he's able to cover the outside pitch uh, because he's not swaying. He's on his backside, rotating well. Yeah, I mean, the, the swing is on plane for a long time, and that's the first thing you look at as a catcher. Like, how long is it in the zone? How much room for error do I have? And when you can hit a ball as deep as he did against Chris Martin, you know that bat is in the zone because he's making contact right around the back knee. Uh, that's, that's a really good sign. Do you think when Bo comes back and everybody's here, you think George Springer goes back into the leadoff spot? I I I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I think Whit Merrifield's been such a spark up there, and he's not know, in the John lineup Schneider's today. By afraid. the way, I just wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention that he's not afraid to shuffle it around. And yep. I think you've mentioned this. You guys have mentioned this. What what John has been able to do? It's worked. I mean, goodness, it it, it takes. It, it it takes a pair to put, put a rookie up there in the three hole and he rewards them. I mean, and he does it. What he's done is he's been able to maneuver that lineup. And I love Witt at the top. I love what he brings, the versatility, kind of the chaos that he brings. 
And, you know, sometimes you got to earn your spot wherever mm-hmm. you want to go. Uh, George is kind of on his way. And George is on his way, I think, because he's got a little pressure taken off of him. He's down there a little bit lower in the lineup and doesn't have to be the guy to, to, to spark plug it up. And I love this healthy competition. You know, it's, it's, there is nothing wrong with good, healthy competition inside a lineup, inside a clubhouse where some dude shows up, starts raking, and then a bunch of guys are looking over their shoulder going, I better pick it up or else I might be out of here. That is always good. And you've said it a bunch. You got to have a bit of a surprise sometimes on a really good team. You got to have a surprise. Maybe David Schneider is that surprise. And who knows? Maybe Vladdy don't like uh, David Schneider in the spotlight. He kind of shows up a little bit. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, they're going to have competition in the bullpen. They're going to have competition. They have competition in the rotation, and now they have they have competition in the lineup. You know, Chris Bassett made a uh, had a comment after after the win on Sunday and talked about how he thought the Blue Jays were embarrassed uh, by the Baltimore Orioles. You know, now you look back to something Kevin Gossman said after that series as well. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I didn't take it as a criticism necessarily of the Blue Jays position players, but Kevin Gossman felt it was important enough to compliment the Baltimore Orioles on their team wide approach to mm-hmm. attacking the Blue Jays hitters. And he essentially said, good on them for listening to their hitting coach. Good on them for having that plan. Do you think that maybe that got through to some of the players on the Blue Jays team as well? Because, I mean, if we can kind of sense it, I'm sure they can sense it. Yeah, no doubt about it. I thought y'all's segment a couple days ago was absolutely phenomenal when you talked about a one-through-nine approach. And the very next day, I heard the manager talk about a one-through-nine approach. Funny how that happens, right? (laughs) And they actually did it. And I'm telling you, it's what good teams do. You can't have four or five guys going rogue, doing their own thing because they think they're smarter than the report, and they'd rather look for a pitch that they probably you know, can't handle as well as a different pitch, which is inside the entire approach because that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to have that approach so that you box that pitcher into a spot that he, it makes him uncomfortable. You're creating approach based off of your strength, his weakness. Hopefully those match up, and then you let it rip. Chris Bassett was frustrated because he couldn't get anything on the inner half to those lefties. They just were not biting. Kevin Gosman, he threw almost 100 pitches in, what, four and a third, four and two-thirds innings because they had a team-wide approach. And I talked to third-base coach Tony Mancellino for the Baltimore Orioles, and he said every single day they have a very detailed meeting, one through nine that are in the lineup, and they are going to stick with a one through nine approach. And they've got younger guys over there that don't know any better. They're having success. And so they're staying with it. But they go out there every single night with one team goal in mind, whether it's to not swing at the split in the dirt or not chase the high fastball. They are totally okay giving up a strike here and there to stay within that approach. And they, they wore the Blue Jay starters down. And that's what it looks like. And it's not about hitting. 25 home runs in a series. They did it so many different ways. And the Blue Jays proved that when they do that, they can be just as deadly. And I think even more deadly than the Orioles offense, because they're just more, they're more there's more talent on the field. I love what they did. I hope that they stick with it and not think that, okay, we got it figured out now. Now we'll start to go rogue again mm-hmm. because I'm going to get selfish and try and hit two or three home runs. Caleb, really good of you to join mm-hmm. us today. Thank you very much, my friend. Thanks buddy. You got it. Take it easy. Take it easy. All right, you too. That's Caleb Joseph, Blue Jay Central Analyst.
Uh, 7.10 is the first pitch tonight. We just got a camera shot of Cleveland. Uh, there is some rain in the area. They had the tarp out in the outfield. I, I don't know what that means. Pulling it off the yeah. infield. Let it be. There's no batting practice today. Then I guess. It's going to rain. Anyhow, uh, the uh, Jays and Guardians at 710. Um, and again, we'll keep you informed if there is any inclement weather. Uh, I, I mean, they got through Boston basically without what Schneider say. Yeah, it's Boston. It's a summer. Rain out, doubleheader. You know, things are going to happen. They got through Boston without, without, uh, without much happening. Um, it was interesting hearing Caleb talk about that team-wide approach, though. Uh, and we had, you know, you'd mentioned that the Orioles obviously had it too. And and do you think it is easier to get buy-in when you've got a young team compared to a veteran team? I mean, I I, I would. I would think, see. I would I almost think it'd be the other way around, four, right? Four months of stinking would probably get buy-in from a bunch of no matter what age yeah. you are. Uh, it's time for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Uh, the, uh, over is eight and a half. Are you the, the, there? I'm looking for our producer to come on and read. Maybe you're going to do it. I could do it. it. Go for it. I'm always here, Jeff. Okay, Austin, go ahead. Nice. Go ahead. Like the over, over eight and a half today for the Guardians versus the Rays. We got Ryu on the mound. Rays hit left hand, or Guardians hit left-handers pretty well. Like the over eight and a half. Boy, were you? Wait, it's eight and a half. What? Eight and a half. Right, boy. Uh, I'm gonna take the. Uh, oh man, over. I really want to take the over because I think this is gonna be a messy game. I'm gonna take the over eight and a half. I think there's gonna be a lot of. Uh, I think there's gonna be a lot going Here, here's on. Here's what I think. I think I, there's gonna be a lot I, going I think, on. I think you have to ask yourself. Gavin Williams is six six. Throws 96 miles an hour. He throws a lot of first pitch strikes. He's in the zone a lot. A lot, yes. He's going to basically throw this team two pitches. He'll occasionally flip a, flip a breaking ball to a left-handed hitter with the Jays. Mainly with uh, those righties, you're going to get fastball slider. Do you think the approach that you saw for the three days yes. will allow them to score runs? If you think that's the case... Then take the over. Yeah, I, I and I also I think he's six six. Now that means extension. He's basically yeah. going to be handing it to the catcher. I mean, James, do you think they're going to be ready to hit it? James at- James Paxton isn't a, isn't a small guy, and they were. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I and I, and again, I think Ryu's going to give up. I think Ryu's going to give up some runs. I, I think it's going to be it's going to be a game where you're going to have to outscore the other. Might team. be some weather too. I'm yeah. taking the under. Taking the under. I'm going to stick with the over. Pretty confident with that. I think there'll be a lot of runs scored uh, in this game, and uh, Ed, I just like the way I like the way the Jays lineup is hitting. I like the fact there wasn't an off day. They're rolling right in from uh, Boston, feeling good about themselves. And you know, Hyunjin Ryu is going to give up some contact. I think this is like a four to two Plus or Vladdy's five to back three in the lineup. I'm going to be interested in seeing what seeing Vladdy tonight. Gonna be interested in seeing Vladdy. Great to hit the hater. That was between the lines. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. So we mentioned that the uh, <laughs> that Jose Ramirez of the Guardians cold cocked Tim Anderson mm-hmm. of the Chicago White Sox uh, on the we- over, over the weekend. 
in a it was a series that both sides admitted afterwards that there was a lot of chirping going on. I love I love Michael Kopech's comment. We're not a very good team, but they're under 500 too. We're not going to let a team under 500 push us around. So there was an awful lot of chirping going on mm-hmm. between between the two teams. Um, the the way my initial thought was the way Jose Ramirez slid into first base head first that maybe second base or second base that maybe Anderson had clipped him in the head that didn't appear to Sounds be the like case. Sounds like he didn't like him being tagged so hard. I mean, that, he slid, again, that, he slid it's into, been days he slid of, into been, second base. It's been days of the, them yeah. or each other not liking yeah. the it, other and, per- and that was, person. That's that was an opportunity for two guys to stand up and look at each other, right? There was no looking. Play at second base. That's not looking. When you drop gloves and throw hands up. Uh, Tim Anderson was suspended for six games. Jose Ramirez for three. He is still in the Guardians lineup tonight. I, you know, I would imagine that he would. That's an indication that he would appeal. But uh, we'll find out. Tom Hamilton had the call of the game and the call of the punch. Tom Han- Tom Hamilton's been all over today. He's been much in demand. It was a great call. Tom Hamilton joins us next. It's Blair and Barker from Monday on Sportsnet 590. The fan at Sportsnet 360.